0: your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma10 and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply valid through June 30th. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every Managing our money in our 20s can feel like a bit of a challenge, whether you're saving for your first car or for a big overseas trip. It can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you are trying to manage your money in your 20s or trying to run a small business, Intuit helps you take control through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks and MailChimp. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T to start living yours. Let's get into it. where you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com today. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Psychology of Your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big life changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our Psychology Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. New listeners, old listeners, wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. Today, we are going back to the old school podcast days with a nice little chatty episode. I feel like I've been spending a lot of time in the theory and the psychology recently And we also have a few pretty heavy, like I would say, science based episodes coming out soon, which is amazing. It's my dream job. I would do this for every minute of my life if I could and kind of break down these theories for you. But I also thought since we have so many new listeners and it's been a while, almost a year since my last life update, I guess, that I would take today's episode to just do a bit of a solo therapy session for you guys and unpack all of the changes in my life recently, some new surprises and what I've been thinking about at the moment as I really transition into what feels like a completely new chapter of my life. I don't know how to explain it, but you know, those moments where You know, it's one of those seasons where everything just starts to get its glow back. Like everything starts feeling a bit lighter. You kind of notice people smiling more. Everything just feels a bit easier as well. Everything just feels a little bit more beautiful. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And it feels like it's been a long time since I've been in one of those chapters. For those of you who don't know what these episodes are, basically, it's like a solo therapy session. I kind of imagine that you guys, the audience, are like my therapist and I'm going to give you the download and just like chat through what I've been thinking about recently. You know, it's kind of always nice to come up for a breath of fresh air every now and again. So let's take a deep breath, take a bit of a break and just have a nice little chit chat. And then, of course, we will be back Friday with another scientific psychology episode. So what I want to focus on is three things. Number one, spicy, juicy. Everyone's been asking my love life, an update on my love life. Also, if you follow me on TikTok or Instagram, yeah, I have a TikTok. It is terrible. Um, I have like the worst content ideas, but please go and follow it to validate my attempts at trying to be a social media girl. I talked a lot about on on those apps the other day about how I'm really feeling the need to move to another city or move to another country that like restless feeling that I think is quite universal for people in their their 20s of needing to kind of get up and move and change everything and have those kind of spontaneous adventures. I want to talk about some of those plans, some of the things that I've been contemplating and kind of considering for the next year of my life. And then just some general life updates. I want to update you guys on my move to Sydney, how my friendships are going, how the podcast is going, some of the behind the scenes things, what I've been struggling with recently, and then just like a rapid fire Q&A. So a lot to get through, a lot to kind of talk about. I love doing these episodes. It feels like talking to friends, even though I'm sitting on my floor in my house, like trying to... Well, praying that like a plane doesn't fly over right now um so if you hear that please forgive me but I don't know I think we get into it I think that we get started break down all the things that have been happening in my life recently so without further ado I say we get started <music> I love being able to talk about brands that I use on the podcast and this is a brand that I've been personally using for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals including the full B vitamin complex to help you convert food into fuel. They also have calcium and vitamin D to support bone health and healthy hair, skin and nails. And for those of you who may be watching your sugar intake they now have a zero sugar version made with plant-based sweeteners including stevia extract and monk fruit extract with just two delicious gummies nature's way alive women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day to learn more visit naturesway.com slash gemma and use code gemma 10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins terms and conditions apply valid through june 30th There is a whole collection of black-led products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every our first time using something normally forms a lifelong impression, even if psychology says that impression is not always correct. For example, you may try a new food for the first time, realize you don't like it, and you're convinced for the rest of your life to never try it again, or the first time shaving or using hair removal cream. I think we can all remember that strong chemical smell of those old formulas Well that is about to change. Nair is the number one hair removal brand and now it has a new and improved formula that actually smells amazing and does away with the need to shave or have a rusty razor on hand. I was honestly so surprised when I used these for the first time because I think the last time I used hair removal creams was when I was probably 18 there was nothing pleasant about that smell. But now with scents like orange blossom and Moroccan argan oil for their new shower creams and cocoa butter, oat milk, vanilla or water lily and aloe vera for their body creams, they actually make me enjoy the experience. So a story about this. The other day I had three of my closest girlfriends and my boyfriend over for dinner and we had this bottle. We decided we wanted to try it out. We wanted to Get rid of some hair on our legs. We all used the oat milk and vanilla body cream. Literally at my dining table, we applied it. We waited for three minutes. They turned out so smooth. Even my boyfriend put some on his calf. Let me tell you, that little spot is still silky smooth. A week later, he can testify. This stuff works. And we also agreed these new formulas are a game changer because not only can you actually get rid of hair. It actually smells nice and it removes the hassle of having to shave every few days, every few weeks. It also is free of dyes. It's free of parabens. It's free of sulfates, which is a big plus for me. And I have to say, again, the new Spence actually smell really, really good. You can smell them for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash, visit Pronamel.com today. Okay, so let's start with the juicy stuff first. So, if you have been following me for a while and listening closely to the podcast, you will know that my love life over the past two years is a lot like the average twenty-something year olds in that it is chaotic and sometimes a nightmare and a bit of a roller coaster and definitely has not been particularly fruitful sometimes people are like oh my god like how are you talking directly to my experience like how did you know that like this is what I'm going through with this guy or with this person or this girl and I'm like because I'm going through that as well because I think that I've had some kind of curse placed on me wherein, or maybe it was just like I was just I was getting the good stories from my 20 something years. You know, I've been really embracing these past few years, the idea that this is the time to get some good stories under your belt to tell your future kids when they ask, oh, did you ever date someone before granddad or before dad or whatever? Like you need to have some of those stories, some of those like characters in your life. So quick recap, if you are a long-time listener. I'm talking like OG episodes where I used to record on my literal iPhone in bed because that's how we did it back in the day before I knew anything about audio quality. But back then, I told the origin story of this show. And it began after a breakup, which I love telling people because I think for a podcast about our 20s, that is just such a quintessential kind of catalyst event, like a breakup is such a magnificent motivator for starting a project like this. And so I went through that terrible breakup, this big breakup. I always say that we have three relationships experiences in our 20s, the big breakup, the situationship, and then finally the healthy love. So I did that one first, checked it off my list, got the t-shirt, moved on, and now find myself really grateful for that because, you know, it's really built this community and it's built this opportunity for me to really do the thing that I love and then I had this situationship experience which honestly I think people can relate to this but it almost hurt more than my first really serious relationship ending and I think it also just left me so emotionally raw that I went so almost like feral in my dating life I just kind of lost any sense of standard for how I deserved to be treated and I was just with this series of people who were not very good for me and I think it left me quite like wounded really struggling with my worth you know sometimes things are a good story and sometimes things are a lesson that you probably could have learned a better way but you can't really can't really take back the past just have to be grateful for who it made you and I think now I'm at that point where I am grateful for those experiences I look back at that time and I realize that If you know that saying, I think it's from like Perks of Being a Wallflower, we accept the love we think we deserve. I think that time in my life just really demonstrated that more than any other. I think it was just such an emotionally salient and impactful experience to me going through that situationship with this person and now having the hindsight, being able to really see it clearly and I think evaluate the experience without any of the intense emotions It was important because it changed my perspective on dating and how I approached love for some time for the worst, I would say. But then that allowed me to pivot into treating dating in a much healthier way. So at the start of the year, as you may know, I wanted to do a bit of a reset and really decenter dating, but also my romantic interactions from my life to just refocus on myself and what my actual priorities were. And I think when we decide to do this or when I've spoken about it before, people have often questioned whether my only motivation for this this kind of activity or my only purpose or reason for doing this was because I wanted to come back and find the love of my life. Like we often, I think, sometimes think that to, to, you know, if we take some time off from dating, that's going to really like clear the slate for something amazing to come in. And I get that. I really do understand that kind of reasoning. I think it's very like um, enlightened and a bit existential to think if we really want to attract someone, we have to act in the opposite way, like the law of opposites. But truly, that was not even on my mind. I just had this realization that since I was 17, I had always either been in love, falling in love, maybe pining over someone or heartbroken. There had not been a single time between the ages of like 17 and 23, so six years, where my life had not revolved around my romantic interests and my life had not been dominated by the stories that I had to tell about the people I was dating and all the drama and all you know the good things as well but there was just always like they were at the center of the, of the universe like I said I was either absolutely destroyed over a recent breakup or I was falling madly in love with someone because I am such a romantic individual that that happens quite frequently and I just kind of realized that I needed a break from that I really needed to kind of make myself the main character for a little while so I decided I would take the year off from pursuing love which would hopefully a get me back in touch with myself b maybe heal some of those emotional wounds I think I'd let scab over in the past but never truly heal and I think c just I just wanted to embrace the joys of singlehood for some time and I speak about this on the podcast all the time you know my episode the stigma of being single is a perfect place to go if this is what interests you But there is something really sacred and beautiful about being single. And I was really, really falling deeply into that mentality. And then, well, as the story always goes, I ended up meeting someone completely unexpectedly at perhaps the most inconvenient time. (laughs) Like I really, you know, I'm going to say the thing that I used to hate people saying when I was single but I really wasn't looking and you know that saying like it happens when you least expect it. I'm gonna be that person who says that. I'm gonna be the person that says I met someone when I least expected them and they are just the most wonderful, wonderful, like he's just the most wonderful guy. So I'm gonna go into how we met. I don't know. I told him I was doing this. I asked his permission. I'm not gonna say his name obviously because he has a real job unlike me and I don't want his people he works with finding this episode and being like "Ooh, juicy spicy tea um but yeah I did tell him I was doing this episode so if you're listening hey I got a crush on you and let me know if I overshared but so we met on Hinge which I know is ironic because I speak so much about how I don't like dating apps but here is my excuse my excuse is that I'm a hypocrite And then also I was in Bali at the time and I was in Bali with some really amazing friends of mine and two of them had just gone through like pretty terrible breakups. So, you know, when you're on your breakup holiday with like all your friends and there are all of these like foreign people around, all these people you're never going to see again in a beautiful, romantic, alcohol infused city, alcohol infused island, I guess, you're going to do what people do, which is to go on the dating apps and see if you can find like a little vacation lover. So I was on that trip and I was like, everyone's doing it. I caved into the peer pressure and I downloaded Hinge and I was like, this is the last time I'm downloading this app. I have done this before. I'm not doing it again. I cannot deal with matching with a million people talking to them aimlessly for a couple of weeks and then never meeting them in real life. And so there I was, and then I matched with this guy and I, we just started talking and he had a great opener actually. Here is a hot tip for the guys the girls the people out there who want to actually have conversations on dating apps his opener was listen I really don't like small talk so I'm going to ask you 10 questions and after these 10 questions you can decide whether you want to keep talking to me and I was like that is great because it is low effort on my behalf like I have to answer the questions but like I don't really have to try and keep a conversation going and I was like let's do this like this guy is like really attractive I'm like immediately into this person let's do it so we start talking and then I'm on holiday I kind of forget about it and I end up ghosting him accidentally it was not like a Ugh, I don't want to talk to this person anymore there was a lot of factors and I end up like not talking to him for like the, the last like couple of days of my trip come back home to Sydney and then I'm like oh whatever happened like why did I not reply to that guy or did I reply to that guy and he just didn't reply back to me like let me check on this because I was really enjoying our conversation and so go back to hinge I've like completely been unresponsive to anyone else on the app except for this person and I'm like I'm really sorry for ghosting you here are my reasons um do you have another question for me like let's keep chatting and he I don't know how but he got back to me and he kept chatting with me and I thank you for pulling through bud like I really appreciate the tenacity there and we just started having like the most amazing like chats and then I was like this questioning is like going on for a little bit too long so I was like I have a question for you he was like yeah what is it and I was like when are you gonna ask me on a date lo and behold he did because I asked him to and we went on our first date and it was incredible it was like one of those you know those like four hour dates where it's like multiple excursions like we got ramen and then we got drinks and then we got frozen yogurt which I feel like the frozen yogurt should have come before the alcohol but it actually ended up working out really really well end of the first day I was like this guy like he's not giving me the signs that he wants to see me again which is such a bummer but whatever like I'm gonna go back to my single girl sleigh era because this was like a Bali thing and now we're not in Bali anymore we're not in Bali anymore, so if this one doesn't work out, I'm going to shave my head and be single for the rest of my life. I genuinely thought that. I was like, if this doesn't work out, I'm just going to shave my head. I've wanted to do it for so long, and, like, the only thing holding me back was, like, male gaze, and that is not a good enough reason to do it. So, and I still haven't done it, so maybe you need to rethink that philosophy. Anyhow, we have just been dating ever since. It obviously went really well. He did want to see me again. And he has wanted to see me again and again and again. And I just, I don't know how to explain how beautiful it is to find someone who really thinks you're amazing after so many years of dating people who I always felt like I was begging for their attention. And it was so almost, I also think something that no one talks about is how scary that can be. Like, how actually terrifying it can be to be like, what kind of game is this person playing here? Like, you're going to drive two hours to see me twice a week, and you're going to like pay for our dates, and you're going to ask me questions about myself, and you're going to send me flowers just because you feel like it. What are you trying to manipulate me? Like, what are you trying to get out of me here? Are you just going to leave? And It's just been this like kind of learning process of being like, no, this is what like healthy love feels like. This is what like healthy dating feels like. This is what it feels like when someone shows up for you and is committed to you and consistent. And I just feel so like safe and so happy and I'm laughing all the time. And it's just like every weekend we spend together is like someone has just sprinkled fairy dust all over those moments and all throughout those hours and I really I don't know I'm kind of gushing now really fawning over this person but I don't know how I got so lucky and we were talking about this the other night and I was like isn't it crazy that like six months ago we had no idea that this would happen like neither of us were really looking for a relationship as we've since discussed and then it just kind of fell into our laps and it just feels like this person I've like known them for so long and yet they're completely changing the kind of love that I have for myself and additionally to that sorry this is just like a rant of deep thoughts here but I think I was always so in opposition to the idea that you know dating the right person could be quite healing I always kind of thought that you had to do a lot of that work beforehand, do a lot of that historical healing and groundwork before you got into a relationship. But it's kind of showing me the opposite, that the right person can be that kind of final ingredient that really shows you that you have value and also just makes life feel so much lighter and so much more beautiful and you just feel so appreciated and it's just completely changed my perspective on what I deserve to the point where it's actually... You know, it's kind of sad. When I look back at I specifically think back to this version of myself probably 2 years ago now. Yeah, around 2 years ago, who just accepted shit, who just was so okay having someone like string them along. I remember the like last person who I told that I loved them. I said, "Oh, I think I'm falling in love with you." And their response was to tell me that they were going on a date with someone else. So, that's not their fault respect them for that go off king but I stayed in that relationship or whatever you want to call it for like another two or three months and I really think that I have I hold no anger towards this person or or rage or frustration it's just part of the story and I think as I think that it's so interesting now being exposed to someone who like really does care about me and really wants to be in my life and also just ask questions about what I'm doing so I'm just really happy I just think about that version of myself who was crying over someone who clearly did not care about me you know this person who never wanted to commit who most certainly did not buy me flowers or plan wonderful weekends and I thought that I was like so much better off alone and fully ready to spend my 20s in a bit of self-imposed solitude and then this just kind of happened so I hope For those of you who have been following me for a while, this only serves to kind of reinforce that you do absolutely deserve a love that is consistent and kind and stable and easy. Someone who you don't have to settle for, who just makes you feel adored and interesting and who you feel all of those things for back. And, you know, I don't want to like try and guess the future. I think that kind of ruins the surprise so I will say who knows what this relationship will turn out like but I do have high hopes and it's just been a big part of my life recently readjusting to you know have that kind of romantic force in my life and for the first time in a long time a really positive romantic force someone who is really pushing me to be better sorry I'm not going to go on about this for much longer because I don't want to be that person whose entire reality is their boyfriend but the final thing I've learned, I think, is that a healthy love will also challenge you in unexpected ways, especially if you have previously been with people who haven't offered you the security that this new person does. I think we often think that, like, we'll find someone who, like, really adores us and all of that past kind of hurt and trauma will disappear and will be erased from our memory. What I'm learning is that actually it is a process of sometimes being triggered by things that they do where you're expecting a different response based on your history. So I, you know, at the start of our relationship, like he isn't a really big texter. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I don't think he will. But like he wasn't, a, re- he still isn't a really big texter. And I'm someone who really likes to chat throughout the day. Like, obviously, I love talking. I run a podcast, so it comes with the territory. But I was like, he wouldn't reply to my messages. He was working, understandably. And I would just like freak out. I'd be like, oh, my God, he's like he's not interested in me, the game's up, the other shoe is dropping, I knew it, they all turn out like this, like, I need to just completely ignore him, I need to, like, delete all of his messages right now, I need to block him, like, I cannot do this again, and it was, like, panic, and my roommates would be, like, sitting with me, being, like, you need to chill out, like, you need to take a step back and see this clearly for what this is, he is obviously into you, you guys are obviously obsessed with each other, he is just at work, this is not some hidden sign that he's going to turn out like any of the people that you've known in the past. Um, And so I think that it is a process of really unlearning some of those things. But when you have someone like he is, who is just so encouraging and just um, really offers that reassurance. It's just really beautiful. So I hope that it's not braggy. I just hope that it's a reminder to not settle. And that if you're with someone who isn't treating you like that, really contemplate whether that is what you deserve, because I think something I've learned is that there is something better out there for you um and you know there is that theory in psychology around the scarcity effect like we think that like men or the people that we can date as a like as a resource are running out and so we just settle for whoever's there that is so not the case you have so much time and you know the right person comes along and just changes everything for you so hold out hope but also make good choices make good romantic choices okay so we're gonna move on from love because love is boring unless you're in it so blah 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 there's that update the other kind of big thing that's happening in my life is I am really looking forward to a bit of a change in pace a bit of a change in scene for a couple of reasons number one I think I've been feeling a little bit uninspired recently, lacking a little bit of dimension. Actually, one of the episodes that I'm recording later this week is um, on like why does life feel boring? Because I think that sometimes in our 20s, we can feel like things are a little bit stale and that this is not the time for things to be stale, that we want it to be exciting. That is an experience I'm relating to a lot at the moment, you know, despite all the beautiful things I've been staying in Bondi quite a bit. I've been working really hard on some new projects. Sometimes it just feels like I'm a little bit restless and I'm ready for a new adventure and I've been kind of tossing up two big things. Number one is moving to a new city. Either in Australia, although I've kind of exhausted my options considering I have lived in most places on the East Coast and I'm sorry to my Australian listeners, I do not want to move to Perth, but also moving overseas. And I know that is a fantasy that we all kind of have, like, specifically the, like, New York, LA, Paris, London kind of vibe. And it is one that I'm very willingly buying into. The second big thing that I've really been considering is going back to school for something, like, unrelated to psychology. I think something scary about working in, like, podcasting, or even, like, the entertainment space, even in, like, social media, although, I don't know, I don't think my main job is social media but you know still in that space where it's like your ability to support yourself and kind of your worth is almost tied to the amount of attention people are willing to give you and so when people get bored of you when like your your content is no longer like trendy or like captivating their attention you are kind of out of a job right and I think that that is a fear that a lot of people have in this space of like I'm only able to do this as long as people are willing to listen and yeah we have so many new listeners it's like the most amazing beautiful blessing but I do have a lot of that fear around the future I am someone who catastrophizes and has a lot of anxiety which really I think manifests in overthinking and a lot of like trying to control the future and one way that I've been contemplating like kind of how to protect myself from not having a job I guess or protect myself from what if I do fail or like what if I don't want to do this anymore is to kind of get some future study plans in the works and kind of think about like the direction that I could not only take this show but I could also take my life that maybe expands beyond psychology and also our 20s like a question I get all the time is like what are you gonna do when you turn 30 and you know what I have no freaking clue I have no clue. Like, the life expectancy of this maybe only has like another six years. I'm hoping that it lasts longer, but it is like something that I do really question a lot. So, thinking about either going back to school for something unrelated and also moving, you know, and if I were to move, I like because I'm going to New York and LA in the summer for a month and a half. So, if you are there, please reach out. I need to know the things to do I need to I need to know the sites I don't just want to go to like the Empire State Building and I don't know Times Square so if you've got some hidden hideouts please let me know also would be cute to do a meetup if people are interested in that but I'm going to New York and LA this summer and then also to Tokyo not to like think about moving there but just to actually explore and for leisure time and part of that though is this like I think, testing the waters around, like, is this a place that I could live? Is this a place where I could actually see myself building community? And that is, like, the biggest factor for me when I consider or, like, weigh up the pros and cons of moving to a new city or moving to a new country. Like, could I find my place here? Could this be my home? And the things that I think about are obviously being away from family and friends. Also, I've got a boyfriend now to consider who I would preferably like to stay with and kind of gauging what our plans are together whilst also not rushing things but then also things like would this city have good infrastructure for the job that I do would it have good public transport um you know I think LA is out there but also like just good community and like nice outdoor spaces so it is something that I really want to do within I would say like the next year or two even if it's just for like three or six months doing like a radio fellowship or something like that. Um, If anyone from This American Life is listening, please give me a job. It would be my dream. (laughs) Just gonna put it out there, manifest it into the universe. But it has like really been something on my mind, like where where to next? It's the restless feet syndrome, right? Like why is my life not exciting enough right now? What do I need to do to change that? As someone who is also, I think, very solutions focused, this like feels like, a big a big change that is necessary and that would also I think kind of fix a lot of my problems and I posted a TikTok like this about this like recently and this like person commented being like it's not going to change your problems like running away from your problems is never the solution and I was like yeah you're probably right but then also I think my problems would look a lot better eating one dollar pizza in New York or having an Aperol in Italy And also the problems that I'm like, quote unquote, running away from is not really a problem. It's just boredom. It's just like a lack of excitement and maybe a lack of novelty that I'm feeling uncomfortable with. So that has also been on my mind. If you are having similar thoughts about this, can you please reach out? Because I know that I cannot be the only one. We need like a support group or something like that, a support group for people in their 20s or even their 30s or beyond who are constantly restless and constantly looking for like new adventure and if you are someone who has managed to like make that part of your lifestyle how did you do it because I need to do a series on this if I ever decide to make that decision I feel like the idea is one thing the execution is another so let's kind of let's gather all our thoughts and collective knowledge here some other exciting things okay so I'm gonna announce this here for the people who have listened this far but if you have been watching closely there is a book in the works and it has been an experience moving from audio to kind of written work and a little known fact is that a lot of my podcasts are actually scripted just because of the level of evidence base and kind of some of the studies that we source I want to make sure that they're accurate and that the definitions and the ideas that I'm giving are coming from a place of like factual evidence-based knowledge. But now that's been a lot more of what I've been doing is writing heaps and looking for a publisher and trying to get it out into people's hands. And the anxiety around whether people will buy it is also very pressing. Because I think anytime you take a risk and try and do something new, the first kind of response or fear response is always like, and what if I fail? So That has been keeping me up at night. But I also just, it's like one of my lifelong goals is to write a book. And even if it's just my mom and my grandma buying it and like my friends, I think I would still be happy with that. I would still be happy just to own a copy and be proud of what I've written and hopefully if a stranger picks it up one day in like a secondhand bookshop for them to be like I wonder who this is and come back and find these podcasts when I'm like 80 years old so that's really like what's been on my mind guest episodes as well gosh if you guys have any suggestions I'm really really picky like I really want to have people on who I share a philosophy with or one that I deeply believe in and I think I'm getting so many more opportunities to explore that but I do have like Some dream guests on the agenda. Someone like Courtney Dolwater. If you don't know who that is, you should really look her up. I've been obsessed with her like running career. She is like the best ultra marathoner in the world, male or female. This is like such a weird fact that has nothing to do with psychology or the 20s or even me. But did you know that like ultra running is one of the only sports in which women like consistently beat men? because it is such a mental game and they like have all these theories that like women have better psychological toughness or psychological strength so they're able to win but I would love to have her on the show or one of the Matildas like if you're an Aussie you will know the absolute pandemonium that was caused after the World Cup and like seeing women's sport being appreciated and followed and given funding and support by everyone was just like incredible and I want to be able to really explore like maybe even the athletes mentality or like a winner's mentality how to cope with failure not just for those of us who are athletes you know I am not an athlete so (laughs) the majority of us who are not professional athletes but just like how we can bring that like philosophy and some of that sports psychology into our lives so those have been some of the big things but what I do want to talk about after this short break is also where I'm at just in terms of my move to Sydney I moved to Sydney like around a year and a half ago I want to give an update on that and then I'm going to do like a rapid fire Q&A of some of the questions you guys sent in so stay tuned for that after this short break I love being able to talk about brands that I use on the podcast and this is a brand that I've been personally using for over five years. Our sponsor Nature's Way Alive women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals including the full B vitamin complex to help you convert food into fuel. They also have calcium and vitamin D to support bone health and healthy hair, skin and nails. And for those of you who may be watching your sugar intake they now have a zero sugar version made with plant-based sweeteners including stevia extract and monk fruit extract with just two delicious gummies nature's way alive women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day to learn more visit naturesway.com slash gemma and use code gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins terms and conditions apply valid through june 30th There is a whole collection of black-led products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every our first time using something normally forms a lifelong impression, even if psychology says that impression is not always correct. For example, you may try a new food for the first time, realize you don't like it, and you're convinced for the rest of your life to never try it again, or the first time shaving or using hair removal cream. I think we can all remember that strong chemical smell of those old formulas Well that is about to change. Nair is the number one hair removal brand and now it has a new and improved formula that actually smells amazing and does away with the need to shave or have a rusty razor on hand. I was honestly so surprised when I used these for the first time because I think the last time I used hair removal creams was when I was probably 18 there was nothing pleasant about that smell. But now with scents like orange blossom and Moroccan argan oil for their new shower creams and cocoa butter, oat milk, vanilla or water lily and aloe vera for their body creams, they actually make me enjoy the experience. So a story about this. The other day I had three of my closest girlfriends and my boyfriend over for dinner and we had this bottle. We decided we wanted to try it out. We wanted to get rid of some hair on our legs we all used the oat milk and vanilla body cream literally at my dining table we applied it we waited for three minutes they turned out so smooth even my boyfriend put some on his calf let me tell you that little spot is still silky smooth a week later he can testify this stuff works and we also agreed these new formulas are a game changer because not only can you actually get rid of hair it actually smells nice and it removes the hassle of having to shave every few days every few weeks it also is free of dyes it's free of parabens it's free of sulfates which is a big plus for me and I have to say again the new Spence actually smell really, really good. You can smell them for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash visit pronamel.com today okay so something else that people ask me about regularly is how my move to Sydney has been going so I went to Canberra for uni and then you know what's ironic is that I'm talking about moving to a new city realizing that I had that exact same feeling like almost two years ago and I did it And now like I'm in that new place feeling like the need to move to another new place. But I moved to Sydney like a year and a half ago and I talked about on the podcast a lot like back at the start of my last life update, how difficult it was. And if you are someone who has moved far away from your community or your home or your hometown, you will really, I think, understand that there is like a six month period when you first move somewhere new where it kind of just really sucks and you don't really have many friends yet, you don't really have community yet, literally like the basic needs for like human fulfillment and you're kind of just like grasping at straws for bringing like meaning into your life or even entertainment and the last time I spoke about this I was kind of stuck I think in, in a place of feeling like I'd made the wrong decision and that I needed to move back to where I was previously living. But I'm happy to report that since then, yes, it has been a while, but things have just like changed so much. And I want to come and come on here and just really say like that six-month theory of like you need six months to adjust to a new place is absolutely correct because I've now found that like I am feeling so at place. I have the most incredible friendship group. I have met the most incredible people. I understand my neighborhood now. I'm even friends with my neighbors, um, Stu and Andy. If you guys are listening, you guys are freaking legends. They literally let me their, like, screwdrivers the other day, all of them, because I was, like, building a new bed frame, and it's just, like, I feel like I'm kind of living, like, the dream a little bit despite what i was saying about my restless fever like i i do truly feel like i've kind of come into my own in this new city and i'm really in like what i would say is my hosting era one of the things that i love doing so much as and i really like have to thank my mother for this thank you mom uh, is like hosting people at my house and when I first moved to Sydney I like did not have the opportunity to do that because I didn't have any friends I knew like four people five people and they are not always available on the same night so like a dinner party with two people is kind of is, is a little bit sad like you know the wine can be flowing and it's still it's not the, the thing that I was envisioning but something I've been doing so much recently is like hosting little barbecues or little dinner parties, playing board games. I've really entered like my soft hosting era where I spoke about this on the making the most out of my 20s episode, which was like a couple weeks back. You really need to be the one who makes the community that other people are going to be grateful for. You, if you want that friendship group, if you want those connections, you have to go out and get them. You have to be the one who creates those memories for other people and and kind of set a bit of an inspiration and so that's been something I've been really prioritizing as of late alongside all of my new work things as well we have a studio space if you've seen the video content on Instagram you will know it is stunning it is beautiful and also I just recently decided with the with like a bunch of other creators Um, these two girls who run Two Broke Chicks, they were on for an episode. We've been friends for some time and a bunch of other creators that we were going to rent like a little office space because something about freelancing and working from home is that it is exhausting and incredibly lonely to have no one to talk to throughout the day until all your nine to five friends get off work. And so we rented this like adorable studio space. We go in two times a week and that is like the perfect amount to still feel, connected to like a larger community of people doing the same things as you and then also have that like flexibility and time to do the things that you need to do outside of like the workplace it has really honestly changed like changed my life at the moment it's been such a contributing factor to I would say my enjoyment and my happiness in this period of my life obviously other things as well but having like a space to go and like having people to chat to one of the biggest parts about my transition from full-time work was losing out on some of those like very convenient friendships and I feel like that has kind of restored things for me so all in all I feel like I'm doing super well and just in like a really happy space, a productive space, a lovely, loved space. I want to do like a quick rapid fire q and I asked if you guys had any questions and I was kind of debating whether to like include this, but I feel like the questions are really good and maybe informative if you're feeling the same way. Alrighty, so question time, here we go. The first one is, how am I? I feel like I've answered that. I am feeling very happy very content very safe but then also a little bit uninspired at the moment looking for like some new challenges all in a day's work i think you can go on this bit of emotional roller coaster where like one time at like at some time you're feeling amazing and then you're feeling a little bit crappy and you're feeling a little bit down so just kind of rolling with the punches at the moment okay this next question was really cute what has been your favorite memory from the past few months So because I am a massive, I think kind of silent fan of women's sport, I have to include this here. I went to the Matildas semi-final. For those of you who've been following along with the FIFA World Cup, it is finished now. Um, Spain did win. Rest in peace, the Matildas, the Australian team. But I went to that game and it was insane. It was like the most attended female sporting game in Australian history It was, and everyone was like an, like it was an Aussie fan. It was so infectious, so contagious. Then we lost, oops, (laughs) but, and I got stuck on the train on the way home. But you know what? All in all, it was a really beautiful memory. Um, I also went to Jarengong recently, which is like a tiny country town in Australia, like on the New South Wales coast would totally recommend it like summer is coming in Australia you guys you like US European like North I don't know North American girlies have had your summertime. it's our time now it's time for an Australian summer the best kind of summer and I can like really feel it coming in so having those like small joyous moments where I've been enjoying the outdoors and enjoying the beach have been beautiful okay the next question biggest life lesson from this year I oh my goodness I need to think about that. I would say I have two here and they kind of relate but the first one is to say yes to everything. So much of about my life has changed this year because I've been willing to put myself out of my comfort zone even when sometimes it doesn't work out but the majority of times I think that some force has rewarded me for my courage so saying yes to everything and my second lesson is that you cannot try and plan too much for the future and you cannot kind of plan the most beautiful things that life has in store for you and I think that relates to why you should say yes more because it really opens you up to those experiences and you know like a big thing we've spoken about is my new relationship obviously that was a surprise that came from me saying yes and there was so many like invisible there was such an invisible string that's been like tied between meeting this person and then also all these things in my past. But I really do think that that's a part of my my new philosophy. And also, you know, we're more than halfway through the year. I hope it's one that I carry through into 2024. Okay, next question. What is my attachment style? And how have I become more secure? So really relates to the first half. I think that sometimes we get confused with attachment style by thinking that it's like something that we can decide and thinking that it's something that is very, um, I don't know, like negligible and movable or flexible. I would say that I've always been a securely attached person, given my understanding that attachment style really does come from like parental influences and my parents were an amazing are an amazing set of people who have really guided me to find good love but then also there is the acknowledgement that events in our early teens and also in our early adulthood certain relationships certain betrayals certain instances of abandonment can really shape us into becoming people who are perhaps more anxiously attached so I would say that the past two years have been one that has been defined by a lot of anxiously attached symptoms or signs when this quite the second part of this question is like how do you become more secure and I think I can speak to that more and it's around I would say making deliberate decisions around who gets to love you in the sense that if you want to cure your or cure if you want to heal your anxious or ambivalent or dismissive attachment style I think that is hard to do without having practice and without having people challenge you. So sometimes when we are anxiously attached, or people who become anxiously attached, that can lead, or even someone who's you know avoidant, that can lead to a lot of anxiety and sometimes a lot of avoidance or emotional insecurity around entering into new relationships. If you find someone who is going to meet you in the middle and who you can tell will really attempt to understand you and understand where perhaps some of these responses or triggers or reactions are coming from. I do truly believe that it's one of the most healing things we can experience when it comes to our attachment style. But also it comes—it also you know, requires action and agency from you as well. You really need to kind of at times over-communicate Your needs, and you need to ask for reassurance when you are in a situation that may be challenging for you. And have the courage to be vulnerable because I think that if you are with with the right person and you communicate to them perhaps why you're feeling a certain way, why you're behaving a certain way, if they are a good person, if they're meant to be in your life, they will understand and reciprocate that back. So, there is my advice on that. Do I receive criticisms and how do I deal with these? Um, yes 100% all the time actually oh not all the time sometimes actually if you look at my like reviews in China this is so random but there's like this one person who has been like spamming the podcast with negative reviews because they for some reason cannot listen to certain episodes and I think it's just like a them problem and when I first saw that I was like oh my god they hate me how do I fix this for them I like tried to get in contact with them and then I was like Gemma, you cannot control internet access in China just to make someone like you more. So I think that that kind of answers how do I respond or deal with these? You know, I think sometimes people are always, people always like to have opinions about things. That's a beautiful part about being human. I've noticed and realized that some people are not always nice about that. They will find things that they don't like about anything. But I think it comes to like recognizing that that comes from a place of insecurity from them or because of a deep opinion neither of which you can change so as long as you have people around you whose opinions you do trust and who you know will say if perhaps you've said the wrong thing or if something you've done is maybe not up to scratch that is really important and you just realizing everything's temporary like I've gotten some pretty mean messages that have like hurt me for a few days and then if you ask me what they were now I probably couldn't tell you so It all comes to pass. It's just part of the territory. All right. Last question, because this episode has gone on for way longer than I wanted it to. It's like 30 minutes now. So um, this one was a really beautiful one. And I want to finish here. Are you at a point in your growth where you 100% love yourself? When I read this question, it actually made me do a double take. Because I, my initial answer was like, Yes like yes of course and then I really thought about it and I think that we can never be at a point where we 100% love ourselves and maybe that's a little bit controversial but I think that it's important to always have things that you're working towards and you can always love yourself more so I think in terms of am I at a point where I've loved myself more than I ever have before the answer to that is yes I've really come to two things I want to say about this because I was talking to my boyfriend about it around what I was like during my, like, late teens, early 20s. And we were looking back through, like, photos and all text messages I had with some of my best friends. And my life was so fucking chaotic. Like, it was so chaotic. There was always some kind of drama going on or something that was wrong or some problem. And I realized that, like, I've really achieved a level of peace and I could never go back to that really frenzied time. So, I would say that has greatly contributed to my self-love. Also, I've just been really on this like radical self-compassion journey. If you are a frequent listener, you will know where that term comes from, but yeah, I've really been on this journey around accepting the things I cannot change and loving myself for them anyways. So, I like this question. I think it's one that we should all ask ourselves. Are we at a point where we are 100% love ourselves? And could we love ourselves more? And I think the answer to both of those is no and yes I definitely think I could love myself more maybe I'll never be at 100% but I'll be honest I'm doing pretty well right now so I appreciate all of your questions I appreciate that if you've gotten this far that you're still listening thank you so much for caring about my little life it's actually really special so I really appreciate your time and your attention If you have an episode suggestion, as always, please feel free to drop me a link at that psychology podcast. I read them all and I really do take a lot of inspiration from your ideas. As always, if you also enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now. There's an episode you've loved recently. Share it with a friend. You never know who it will help out. And sincerely genuinely deeply thank you so much for all of your support recently the show has just become this like whole new beast this whole new baby this whole new project and i just feel so grateful that people connect so much with this content and it is just like i think a point recently where i've really been a point that i've really been reflecting on recently of how lucky i am and how far this community has come so There is not a day that goes by that I don't thank my lucky stars. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sharing and you following. And as always, I say as always all the time. It's fine. We're amongst friends. As always, we will be back on Friday with another episode. So thank you for listening and I will see you then. anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash visit pronamel.com today it's time to celebrate black history month at the walmart black and unlimited clock one at flatiron plaza in new york city and one at ovation hollywood in los angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it is the perfect time to try, like, and share black Lead products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black Lead products that are creating a new world of choice at Walmart. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce.